0: And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Welcome to Mom in Mind. I'm perinatal psychologist and host, Dr. Kat. There's more to the story than just postpartum depression, and this podcast aims to share it all. From personal stories and lived experience to experts who break down the ups and downs of life from getting pregnant pregnancy perinatal loss and postpartum adjustment to parenthood while this is not psychotherapy or medical advice it is all of the stuff you ever wanted to know about mental health and new parenthood welcome back to mom and mind i'm your host dr kat on our episode today we are joined by emisha parker She is a board certified women's nurse health practitioner, perinatal mental health specialist, public health geek, and author of a fun new pregnancy book called to carry wonder. She is sharing with us some of her story woven in with how and why she wrote this book, and I'm really intrigued and excited for this book because it is unique. It is one of the first books I've heard of that weaves some personal story with some clinical information and perinatal mental health information. And what I think is so cool about how people bring their skills and specialties together is that it oftentimes brings us a new perspective or new insights into things that we know some about, but it always helps us to deepen our knowledge and understanding when we hear things from a new perspective. After Emesha completed her Bachelor of Science degrees in Exercise Science and Nursing, she then earned her Master of Science in Nursing from Boston College and Master of Public Health from Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. She has over 20 years of experience in healthcare and loves partnering with women of all ages as they navigate their distinct journeys through life. Let's meet Emesha. Welcome Emesha, I'm so happy you're here to talk to us today. Thank you, I'm excited to be here. So tell us, first off, a little bit about your specialties and how they came together. And I think it's just such a wonderful combo. And I want to know more about that.
1: Sure. I'm a women's health risk practitioner and then a perinatal mental health specialist. And I also have a public health background. And basically, like many times in life, things kind of take an indirect route, and that's how that happened for me as well. So I've been a nurse practitioner for about 15 years, always working in OBGYN. So that means I'm taking care of women from like teenagers all the way up to geriatrics. That also includes gynecology, obstetrics. And then when I got pregnant, then I realized that, oh my gosh, we're just so often not really addressing all the things that are happening in pregnancy. And too often, we're just checking a fundal height, a blood pressure, a weight, listening on the Doppler for the baby's heartbeat, looking at labs, and as a nurse trying to provide holistic care. And I just realized, oh my gosh, we need to address all the biopsychosocial things that are happening for women. And so over time, I realized that Creative mental health is the field that addresses those things that I've been really trying to uh, hone in on. And so about six or seven years ago, I was in Hawaii visiting my sister and she works in reproductive uh, psychiatry and she heard about 2020 Mom and the certification that they had going on and like, wait, there's this field about maternal mental health. Oh my gosh, these are my people. And so I got my first little certification with them and then discovered Postpartum Support International and then did their certification on a bunch of their trainings. And basically, I haven't looked back. It has been just amazing being part of a group of people who are so committed to supporting women's mental health needs through pregnancy and postpartum. And so in my practice now, I'm really just trying to provide regular OB care, and then also integrating in the perinatal mental health as it comes up. So it just kind of ended up being one of the people that they refer to when people are struggling or having a hard time.
0: That's great. So are you in a group practice or there are a bunch of providers yeah. with you? Yeah. Um, other nurse practitioners, OBs. Yeah. So we have
1: a midwife, PA, a few doctors, another nurse practitioner. So it's a wonderful
0: group. Great. For people who are curious, what would you say is like the, not necessarily the difference, but if between, I don't know a better word for it, between an OBGYN and a nurse practitioner when it comes to a pregnancy and postpartum care?
1: Yeah, that's a really great question. A lot of people actually have that. So it's good for me to address here. So as a women's health nurse practitioner, I come from a nursing background. So I'm really trying to promote wellness, uh, prevent issues. How do I provide holistic care to people? And I really focus on that pregnancy journey and all the things that go along with that. I think our, our doctors are the ones in our practice, at least, who are attending the deliveries. They're focusing on higher risk pregnancies. They're doing surgeries. So although there can be a huge overlap in what we do, I think in general, I will be focusing a little bit more on the education and the ballistic care, maybe a little bit. That'll be more of my focus. So that's what I, I would say is the, mm-hmm. the biggest difference. They're coming from a medical model. Mm-hmm. So just our foundations are a little bit different. So it's great because actually in our practice, our patients will be seeing all of us. And so that way they're getting a little bit of
0: everyone's care. And I think that ultimately is to their advantage too. Myself have seen both nurse practitioners and physicians, and I have noticed a difference for sure. I don't know exactly how it works out in like Mm -hmm. schedule planning, but I've found like I've been able to spend more time with nurse practitioners Mm -hmm. and, or they are able to spend more time with me. And I've found it to be really so a supportive care environment.
1: Well, I'm glad you had that experience. Yeah, I think it depends where the, the nurse practitioner is working. I think there are some places where their schedule is just as impacted as the physician's. And so I think it's harder for them to provide that full scope nursing practice. But if they work in a place where I do, <laughs> and I we get a little bit longer time with women, then it really allows for that Connection, building that trust, and giving people that chance to open up and talk about how they're
0: really doing. Great in your practice, in particular, since you've been trained in perinatal mental health. I assume it impacts the whole practice, I and mean, like you're a place to refer to. You're the person to refer to, unless there are other people mm-hmm. who are also trained. But I assume the depth of care that your, you and your practice is able to provide is so much more beneficial to the person seeking support.
1: I hope so. I mean, it's nice because there are a few other people who are really passionate about perinatal mental health where it works so we can kind of tag team. And so that's really nice, but yeah, I think it's just so important for people to have that opportunity and the truth is that there's so many places around the country where that's not really offered and it just it breaks my heart. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's like so much needless suffering that's out there, and yeah. So basically, people will be able to refer people, just put them on my schedule if they're at high risk or PMAS, so perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. And then I will be able to do like a two week postpartum follow up to check in, and we can just periodically check in. And I wish we'd have like a stronger network to be able to refer people to. Like, I'd love every mom to be able to see a Like a trained therapist, and that the wait lists are long. So, in the meantime, just (laughs) doing the best that I can to help support them.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's like having the education, information, and compassion goes such a long way, even if people can't quite get connected yet. To just being heard and believed is a a really big part of healing. Yeah, just feeling validated. Okay.
1: I just recently had a mom who just had a little bit of anxiety pre-pregnancy and suddenly just started getting panic attacks and was like, what is happening? What is happening? And in the ER, they blew her off and she came back just crying and sobbing and didn't know what's happening. And we were able to just give her a lot of education, support actually were able to start her on a little SSRI. And oh my gosh, she came back now. I just saw her last week. She's like a different person. She's like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. And mm. it's just, I think those are the stories that keep, you know, keep us going. <laughs> oh. It's just seeing how much people can feel better. And the goal is for them to enjoy pregnancy and be prepared for postpartum. And if we can really provide
0: that care that they need, my gosh, it makes such a difference. Mm-hmm. Yep. I wish that were everywhere someday. No. someday. That's what we're working. Towards. It's it's spreading. It's slower than we'd all like, but it, it for sure is happening. And it makes me very hopeful for yeah. future parents. It's really yeah. great. So along the way on your career journey and life journey, you decided to write a book. How did that come about? And what is it about? Yeah. So I've actually journaled my whole
1: life. Ever since fifth grade, I have them all in a box in our garage. And when I was really little, I even wrote a book like in elementary school. Dad still has it. That's like, how to be beautiful, how to be bad, how to be ugly, how to be pretty, how to be sexy. I don't even know how I (laughs) thought of writing content for that. But those were my first books. And I guess if I think about it that way, it's not too surprising that much later, I would write a book that's kind of a how-to, but it's more about the experience of pregnancy. And it is a journal. So it started out as my me journaling through my first pregnancy. And I thought, well, maybe if it's interesting enough, it could turn into a book. So I journaled all through my pregnancy. And then over time, I selected the entries that I thought were would most resonate with readers. So just... That's the good thing about writing a book for twelve years. (laughs) It actually you get so much more clinical experience that the book became a much better. So it's called To Carry Wonder: um, A Memoir and Guide to Adventures in Pregnancy and Beyond. And so really, it spans from the you know right in the beginning of pregnancy all the way to the first four months postpartum. And I specifically wanted it to span that time frame so that it doesn't end. With delivery, because obviously, much of much happens after you have your baby. And so, the book is intended to nurture and inspire and equip pregnant and postpartum mamas. And I wanted to do it a different way. So, when I was pregnant, I, there were a lot of pregnancy books out there, and there still are, but I wanted something that really honed in on the experience of pregnancy and that would help me feel nurtured and help me feel more equipped. In navigating the whole healthcare field as a patient, as well. And I felt like there were a lot of topics that we just didn't talk about enough in those prenatal visits. And so the book really is aiming towards, you know, not just addressing the common things that you'll find in another book, but also ones that are maybe less commonly found. And so it is structured in a way where every week there are two memoir entries and then a conversational-related educational topic. Mm. And then there's an opportunity to kind of go deeper. And so that's the digging deeper where there's either something interactive where reflection questions or an art project or like true-false questions, or it may be even just a list of questions that they can go into deeper about a topic that's in the back of the book. So maybe less than Maybe a third of the book actually is bulleted, quick, easy reference to different topics where they can go deeper into a topic. So that's the general structure of it.
2: I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh
3: Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood.
2: Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind
3: of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom.
0: That's great. Yeah. I mean, I've read all of the pregnancy books ever, but that certainly does sound like a fresh take and a great approach because I think for people who are pregnant and postpartum, they get enough talking to about what they should do and shouldn't do. And there's not, and I'm talking about books and stuff. If there are, you know, personal examples or things to relate to, I think that makes it more real and more digestible and less of a feeling of, you know, I'm sure as you know, all of the shoulds that come up with being pregnant and postpartum. And so having your personal story in there is really, really interesting.
1: I hope so. I mean, it's really an honest (laughs) description of my pregnancy experience. And like I mentioned, I was really hoping that entries I selected would either help people feel like, oh my gosh, what I'm experiencing is common or help people reflect on their own pregnancy experiences. And so, I mean, I talk about sex and pregnancy. I talk about body image and those are all really personal. And I hope it serves a purpose in really opening conversations about what pregnancy and motherhood is really like, because there are so many myths out there on how wonderful it should be and how we're glowing in pregnancy and how joyful of a time it should be. And yeah, actually, when I was pregnant, I realized, oh my gosh, this is way harder. Even though I'm taking care of pregnant women, but watching my own body go through that was way different than I anticipated. And so journaling was actually a therapeutic way to process some of that, but it just really helped me have a greater appreciation for how everyone has a unique pregnancy journey. Right. And pregnancy really is, which is why the book you know, is called Adventures, <laughs> because it really it is an adventure. And so if we remember that it is that, I think we're more likely to not be so surprised by the ups and downs that come with it. So it's a lot that happens (laughs) in a relatively short amount of time. And if people can like authentically experience their own pregnancies, Mm -hmm. then they could actually grow in that process, not
0: just physically, but figuratively as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned some of the things you talk about in the book. Can you give a couple of other examples of topics you touch on?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. So it's anything from like, how do you have a conversation with your healthcare provider about making medical decisions to loss, to birth control, to infant feeding? So there's like, for example, there'll be a conversation about the pros and cons of breastfeeding, but then also realizing that that's not the end-all be-all, like for someone to breastfeed, for example. If Pat, actually, the book, has a big maternal mental health focus. So there's a lot of conversations about, so to speak, anxiety, depression, communicating with your partner, body image,
0: oh my gosh, nutrition. There's a lot in there. Yeah, and that's so important because all of it affects mental health. I mean, if it's going well, then you're feeling well. And if it's not, then you're not. And I think too, well, I know for too long it's been siloed as this separate thing that mental health is somehow not also physical health. Mm-hmm. So being able to access like having all of that in in a book is so important because I have read some of the books that leave out mental health. And it's just not only just a missed opportunity, it can also potentially be damaging if people don't know that that's a real part of this transition into having a pregnancy and then having a child or two or 12 or whatever, however many you have. This could come at any time. Yes, we know the statistics, but in case someone is
1: listening and does it, one in five, you know, one in five is going to experience some kind of mood, and perinatal anxiety disorder. And it's kind of surprising that it's that common. But I always tell people like there are so many things happening in your body at this one time so not just the hormonal shifts the physical changes but the way that you're looking at your work or a school or your body or relationships like everything is transforming in that time period so it's actually not surprising that we would struggle some some of us would struggle right. in that time period it's a you know pregnant women are strong and tough and beautiful and it's also a time to focus in on our mental well-being and then check in and see how are we doing. So if we're not doing great, we can get the help quickly before we're
0: really suffering. Yes, absolutely. For people who are just finding out they're pregnant or they're already well into their pregnancy, like at what point would your book be a good choice during their pregnancy So Anytime it starts at like
1: week five. (laughs) So you can start there. If you don't realize till week 20 that you're pregnant, you could still, Pick up at week 20 if you'd like. You can jump around in the book because it is, you know, isolated entries and topics, though I think it makes more cohesive sense if
0: it's, you know, read in sequential order. But yeah, they could just anytime. And when you said that, it made me think too that, you know, at some point in our journey, wherever we are, if we get a piece of information that helps us understand something about where we've already been, that can be additionally supportive and healing, like, oh, that's why I felt that Mm -hmm. way. And like, that validation is super important at any point. You could be a hundred years down the road and like still benefit from that. Yeah. So I imagine that people could read the whole thing no matter where they're at.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. And I, I think it's probably especially useful for first time moms, but it could also be helpful for people who've been pregnant before and maybe kind of just didn't have a, much of a chance to focus on that pregnancy. They've been busy working or juggling other kids and now they're like, oh, "I just want to really have a different pregnancy experience and be more present mm-hmm. with that." And I
0: think this book kind of usher those entries could usher
1: people into that.
0: So, yeah, it would be great if I know you wanted to share a bit of the book with us so that we could get a sense for what you did share in the book and the bits of your story that you're sharing in there. So yeah, please do share that with us.
1: Okay, so this is an entry from postpartum week four. So remember, this is when we're all, any of us are just so tired and feel like, oh my gosh, how are we gonna survive this child? Mm -hmm. So this is called that contraption. Sometimes I wish I could sneak away for a few moments just to have a little time for myself. I'm not quite sure what I wanna do first, shower, shave my legs, sleep, eat, All of these options sound so luxurious. How on earth would I ever decide? I suppose before I drop everything to figure it out, a reality check would be helpful. Getting some time to myself is logistically tricky, since my sweet milk monster is hanging from me to feed every two hours. Breastfeeding is my life, and who knows when that will ever change. My soul identity has been whittled down into being a milk station, and I can't get away for longer than a sigh. Sure, giving my baby nourishment, whether breast milk or formula, is a sacred task, but it takes so long. And it happens so often. I constantly have the breast friend, breastfeeding pillows strapped around my waist as if hoping this life preserver-like invention will keep me from drowning in the seas of motherhood. If only there were a way out. Let me think here. Wait a minute, wait a minute, I've got it. If I could just store up some breast milk so Dan or a babysitter could feed her, I might get somewhere. What a glorious day that would be. The thought sounds so exciting, I could literally frolic through a field of flowers. Okay, today's the day, carpe diem. Or I guess in my case it's carpe papilla, seize the nipples. Mm -hmm. To tell you the truth, I'm nervous about putting an innocent and ultra-sensitive body part into the hands of an inanimate object. What if it malfunctions and clamps down on my breasts with invisible teeth, never letting go? Still, it made me the door to freedom. In the end, desperation won out over fear. It was time. I picked up that machine, the double electric pump, and reluctantly placed my precious nipples where I thought they belonged. Weary, I just sat there. Nipples, are you still okay? So far, so good. I then turned on the pump and slowly ramped up the suction. Not bad, not too painful, but I must say it felt weird and utterly humiliating. All I could do was watch my nipples jostle back and forth to the sound of the machine suction. In fact, it felt quite industrial. Something like a cross between a human and a cow. A cow human? A human. So this is what it's going to take, huh? While I'm doing it, although I can't understand how all this effort could lead to such little milk coming out. Hope filled my soul as puddles appeared in the bottles. Maybe this would indeed grant me a single, undisturbed chunk of time to myself.
3: That is a really real feeling for sure. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above,
4: I thank you for sharing that particular part
0: of the book, because it, I mean, I think it highlights that sense of not knowing quite how to get through this. And it is just such a trial and error, and you are figuring it out along the way. And what I like about that is that it, I think, inherently reduces the shame about that, like how we all question ourselves through that period of time it's just so normal to not know what's gonna work. Yeah, it gets overwhelming
1: too. And I think that was one of the surprising things of, like I felt like I got, okay, some education in pregnancy, And then to take my baby home I just needed a car seat (laughs) and that's it and now I just kind of hope for the best after that and there's just so much that we're left to figure out and I mean it's really nice obviously to have a pump but then even just trying to pump is a strange experience and so I think much of you know motherhood is like that like you said trial and error and trying to figure out why is this cute little baby crying again? Like, what kind of cry is this? Is this a poopy diaper cry? Is this a tired, overstimulant cry? So, and I think as a parent that, you know, sometimes you're just at your wits end. you just feel like, how, oh my gosh, how am I going to make it through? This is only week
0: four. And this right. child's going to be with me at least 18 years. <laughs> <Right>. So <laughs> and when you were saying that, it made me remember when I had my... Daughter, I don't even remember what week we were in, but somebody had given me a book of like how to read your baby's signs, like how to know what they're saying, quote mm-hmm. unquote. Mm-hmm. And I was must have been several weeks into it because I read this book and I'm like, ah, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, like, how am I going to figure <laughs> this out? When am I going to know yeah. what this cry means and that cry means? Mm-hmm. And it felt so impossible. Um, yeah. Especially in the, particularly in the fog that I was in, but, yeah. um, like it is hard to figure things out when you're feeling all right. It's true. And I think that's really where
1: what, you know, I know you are a big proponent on this too, but trying to get people into community, right. And not doing this alone. So if there's a grandma or a friend or an auntie or a coworker or someone who can be there to help guide parents, it makes such a difference. Because I really don't think that parenting is meant to be done alone. But so often in the US, that's the case. And so it, that definitely contributes to the overall postpartum experience.
0: Yeah, for sure. And to your point, like, especially during COVID, we all know how isolated everybody was and the community was a little hard to come by at first until yeah. then Zoom groups and online stuff started happening a bit more. But it's even, people still can't get to that kind of stuff, but they can get to a book. Yeah, um, even if, yeah, sometimes it's at the store, sometimes at the library, but, and they can get something to help them understand what's going on, even if they don't tell anybody what's happening. You would like seeing it in a book is, man, seeing yourself in a book is really powerful. Like, oh, how do they know that? That's how I feel.
1: Yeah, like I'm not alone. Really, I'm not alone. And there are so many resources out there. So my book also just has a bunch of resources knitted throughout, and then on my website, there, I'm constantly updating resources for people as well, um, to be able and on social too. Just trying to make sure people are aware of great resources to help them.
0: So you had been obviously you said journaling all of your life. So the, all of the journal entries came, and then the idea for a book came, and then at some point perinatal mental health training came. How did the training that you received impact your both? I guess your understanding of like your experience, but your the your your book and how you wanted it to be written. That's a good question.
1: The training was huge, and that obviously, like I mentioned, didn't just happen for like once. It was over the course of years. So the book evolved. It got a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, I just had occasional uh, conversational topics throughout the book. And then by the time I was done with my certification and had seen a lot more perinatal patients, then I ended up having a weekly topic, and a lot of it was related to adjusting to pregnancy and something related to PMAT. So it has community and loneliness and paternal postpartum depression, and the impact that the why mental health is important, not just for the parents, but also for the family. And so, yeah, it's I have a lot of topics related to mental health and. I can really thank PSI for that, for providing that training. It's just amazing.
0: Okay. And with the book, you've also decided to set aside some proceeds for an organization. Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah, I'm super excited about that. Um, International Justice Mission is a global nonprofit, and they're really committed to combating slavery and violence around the world. So they're in 17 countries. The statistics are actually shocking how 50 million people are held in slavery today. And it's, I wrote this down, so I wanted to make sure I got it right. 90% of labor trafficking takes place in the private economy. A fourth of forced labor trafficking is happening among children. And it's a multi-billion, like $150 billion industry the human trafficking. It's disgusting. disgusting. So this organization really is trying to prevent people in poverty from violence. So that trafficking, slavery, violence against children, police abuse of power. And so they're working with government leaders, community organizations, advocates, churches, uh, just as many people as they can to help people in those situations. How do they transform communities where violence is not okay, where laws are in place to protect people and when those are violated how do perpetrators actually get in trouble and so yeah some of the proceeds are going towards that
0: that's fantastic
1: fantastic. it's like you're helping people and then helping people
0: That's That's (laughs) that's
1: a goal it's an amazing organization so if if you're not you know someone's not familiar with IJM they're just so cool so they have a lot of like reports also on the impact of their work and they're planning on going into new countries as well. So super excited to be
0: just seeing how I can support their work too. That's great. I definitely appreciate that. I always feel a little bit more inclined. Like those, if I'm in a decision point and I see something like that, I'm like, yes, that that's a yes for me. It just in terms of Purchasing something doesn't necessarily have to be a book, but if I, if I know whatever it is that, that I'm interested in also has this additional cause or mission or a thing that they're supporting, it's just, it feels like a Mm win-win.
1: I feel that's true. (laughs) Yeah. And just so grateful that there are these organizations out there because the statistics are just horrifying. So um, but there is work being done to change that. And that's really
0: exciting. Absolutely. I thank you so much for your work and your passion and your compassion and for coming on to share this with us. I'm sure it'll benefit so many people.
1: Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been fun hanging out, talking about things that we're passionate about (laughs) and hope to connect with you some other time. Thank you.
0: Please go to carrywonder.com and on Instagram to wonder to learn more about this book and to see how it could be beneficial to you or somebody that you love. And as a reminder on wellmindperinatal.com slash courses, you can find all of the courses I've created for people who need something on demand that they can listen to and learn from in their own time. It's certainly imperative, as you know, to figure out why we feel the way that we feel. I'm hopeful that these courses that I've created and offered just for you are the thing you need to help you move through your healing journey thank you so much for joining us until next time please find the mom and Mind podcast on momandmind.com or wellmindperinatal.com where you can also find access to my free online mini course that is specifically designed for people experiencing anxiety in the postpartum period or you can learn more about the three and a half hour self-paced course that I created just for managing postpartum stress. You can also connect with us on social media at mom and mind on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you for tuning in and learning more about perinatal mental health.
2: Feel like you're the martyr in your family